Welcome back once again to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. I'm PVC and this is episode 19 of the podcast. And today I'm going to be joined by my podcast tag team partner, Mr. Jimmy Star. And boy, do we have a cracking episode ready for you. So what? Yeah, probably should have said smashing, shouldn't I? Anyway, today's guest is the one and only Smashing Mike. Myself and Jimmy throw some questions at Smashing Mike and he just knocks them right out of the park. If this is the first time you're hearing the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can be notified as to when more episodes come out. This will actually be a two-part series featuring the Smashing One, so another reason to subscribe. And of course, if you love the podcast, tell us about it. Give us a five-star review and hit us up on social media. So without further ado, Jimmy, let's smash this one. So Mike, you're the person I probably know the least about in Falling Star Wrestling. Can you first start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about who you are and where you're from and a little bit of background, please? Yeah, of course. As you know, the name is Smashing Mike, the one and only. Well, I live in West London. I've been training. I started, I've always been a big wrestling fan since I was a kid. Like I say, since my mom's room, I've been a big wrestling fan. Started training August. 2018 at Hostel, and I, and I made my debut six months later. What was your decision to, to get into the wrestling business? Like I said, I've always been a big wrestling fan since I was a kid, but I thought it was going to be like one of them dreams, like it's going to be impossible. So I've always been doing contact sports since I was like a kid. Like I did football when I was younger. I did boxing. I competed in boxing, I did. I was in the Frank Bruno Boxing Academy when I was in college. After that, I, I did freestyle wrestling as well. Then I, I saw an advertisement on Instagram. It said, um, hustle wrestling. I was like, okay. And it was just 40 minutes away from where I live. By driving, I said, I'm going. The dream's coming true. I'm definitely going. Never regret this since. So just go, just quickly going back a little bit there, you said you were used to do a, a bit of boxing and anything and, and that sort of stuff. Did you um, ever have any fights, any, any amateur fights, any, or was it just about the training and, and, you know, just having some sort of focus, you know? No, I had some, I had some fights I did. I had like three fights I did. Uh, with the freestyle, I was supposed to have it, then some injuries just happened and unfortunate incidents occurred during that as well. So I missed that type of aspects of competing in the freestyle side but yeah i've done some competitions in boxing oh sweet how did you get on loved it i should have won my first fight i got robbed <laughs> <laughs> i know how like some of the professionals feel like since they everyone still brings it up this is like since 2009 and to this day people bring it up <laughs> but that was really good that was yes it's one hell of a one hell of an ass whooping if they're talking about it 10 years later yeah <laughs> Oof. You don't get hit. <laughs> of course I got hit, but uh, yeah, it was a good time that was in my life. So do you reckon um, sort of your background in boxing has helped you in wrestling or do you think they're sort of completely separate? Oh no, both. They did help. Footwork, also discipline in the training. Instead of just like um, doing like the training with a group, I, do, I was focused on doing stuff outside as well. So as a kid, my dad used to take me to the gym and just I used to just be around like the gym all the time so whatever he did it would be at the gym even the house workouts when i was young i would do like some like bodyweight workouts with him 
So I've always been doing something active when I was young. See, that's where I went wrong. My dad used to take me down the pub. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I had to say this, this was a good present from both my father, both my dad. When I was 16, he gave my first gym membership, which was 10 minutes away. I'll never forget that. And when I was 13, he gave me my first set of weights. So yeah, he, my father, my family, but especially my father was a big influence with me when it comes to just the training. He will make me watch wrestling, bodybuilding. He made me read bodybuilding magazines. I'll sit down in his lap, just watch wrestling. <laughs> so yeah, he's been a big influence and he's been in majority of my wrestling matches as well. We well, see the thing is, mate, I mean, this is just talking from a, from a promoter's point of view. On the, it's a lot better than it was, but um, when I first started all them all them years ago, it was very difficult to find British wrestlers that were in shape, and it's not so much now that you know that there's some there's some guys out there with some quite good physiques. But I mean, if you look at even if you look at a falling star wrestling poster or or someone we I'd send along to represent falling star wrestling or whatever, it would always be the guys who are in good shape. Like I'm gonna put like C W Davis on, on a poster. Because he's in good, because he, he's in good shape. He looks like a wrestler. You know, I'd put you on a poster because you're in good shape. You, you know, you look like a wrestler. It's very important out there, and it's a good tip for guys who not necessarily want to start training in the wrestling business because you don't have to turn up all jacked up. But especially if you're thinking about getting involved in something like wrestling, join a wrestling school, but then join a gym too, because that six months is going to take you to get in the ring. You could be pairing that up with six months of training in the gym packing on a bit of size and not only do you are you ready to wrestle after that six months you look like a wrestler too and it's not everything and it is fairly important to look like an athlete in what's supposed to be an athletic endeavor you know can you remember your earliest memory of sort of watching wrestling getting into wrestling uh, can you tell us a bit more about that like watching it uh, yeah yeah i guess um sort of your first introduction the, the, the moment you come across professional wrestling I'm not gonna lie to you. This, if I remember, it could be like, because I was a big WCW and WWF fan, like the Monday Night Wars. So if I remember, it has to be like Goldberg and The Rock when I was just flicking through it. I, it was like during them times. Did you have a favorite wrestler growing up? Those two, Goldberg and The Rock. I was obsessed with both of them. Like The Rock's charisma persona and Goldberg when he just comes out with so much adrenaline, like you see the guy, you're like, oh my days, we're bodyguards. It was like the bodyguards wasn't looking at, looking after him. He was looking after the bodyguards. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just got glued to those two, like, oh my days. When, when, when The Rock and Goldberg and Austin and the Attitude Era was big, I was, I was 14, 15, 16, uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd started training. I'd started training at 15. So, I'd obviously knew the sort of inner workings of the business, but like, can you imagine back then? It's a different thing now, but can you imagine watching those guys? And, and it seemed like such a whole world away, like just thinking, how the fuck am I going to be like Goldberg? Do you know what I mean? Because I didn't know back then that Goldberg couldn't work per se, but he didn't need to. Do you know what I mean? He was just, he was just Goldberg. Like, how the hell am I ever going to be like Goldberg? How the hell am I ever going to be like Rock? It seemed to be a bit more, more attainable to look like Daniel Bryan, but it didn't seem attainable to look like The Rock, you know, you know or, or Goldberg. They were, they were larger-than-life characters. That was a great time for wrestling. That was, I know, have to say, I think it's the best time. That's just my... It's just the best time. Like, I remember it was like, when you were a kid, 
it was one of the ones where you go to school and everyone will talk about not even just football, as you know, it's the biggest uh, sport in this country. They'll talk about wrestling. Oh, do you remember um Goldberg did with the rock they were Stone Cold and Taker? You're like, oh my days, I miss them times just talking about like that. Did you find that, Sean, that back in that time, um, that even people non-wrestling fans, like it was just such a huge time for wrestling, people who who never watched wrestling in their entire life suddenly loved it. Yeah, most definitely. I feel like there was different tiers to kind of wrestling fans. You know, you sort of had your your casuals that dipped in every every now and then. Then you'd have your weekly watchers who would sort of probably watch Raw sort of once a week. And then you'd have your, your hardcore guys that would watch Raw and Nitro and Thunder and SmackDown and then Heat and the pay-per-views and they would get recorded. And then they would wake up early in the morning and try and catch the pay-per-views and stuff like that. So it was kind of different layers to, to wrestling fans. But it seems nowadays it's it's kind of casual or super hardcore. There's no kind of in-between like there, there was back then. Yeah, there's casual or super hardcore or people who just have no idea what it is same as in the 80s when I was a kid and started watching it in the early 90s like even if even if you you didn't watch wrestling you knew who some of the West wrestlers were like you knew Hulk Hogan was and a bit later you knew Steve Austin was you knew The Rock was like people knew who they were they were well injected into the into the public psyche but nowadays if you're not a wrestling fan whether it be a casual or a total super smart mark um, if you don't watch wrestling, people tend not to know they are. They remember the old ones like Undertaker and stuff. It's such a shame that it had to end. Yeah, I miss it. I think in this country, it was on Channel 4 as well. So what we used to do is like, we used to watch one live and my dad's friend will, will call the other one because as you know, WCW, Nitro and Monday Night Wars was on the same time. So we'll watch one live and we'll watch one taped. <laughs> we <would. laughs> uh, I miss doing them times as well. Friday night was a big night. I was always around someone's house and we were always smashing something up trying to do the move, you know? Yeah, it's like, I think for me as well, it was like, it used to be Cartoon Network and after that nine o'clock, wrestling would be on. Yeah. And me and my best friend will just be doing that and my dad, I was like, oh man, and we still talk about it to this day. <laughs> if we go back to you a second, when um, it, a lot of our fans might not be familiar with, with Hustle, so who's the head trainer there? Who, who teaches there? And, and yeah, what's the setup like? Oh, it's good, man. Like, I remember the first time when it was August, the beginning of August, my, the trainer, Sid Scala, he welcomed me with open arms. And when I first trained, he looked at me and said, have you done wrestling before? I said, yeah, I used to do, like, the amateur wrestling. I did boxing. And he gave me that kind of look. Like, he's like, hmm, like, he must have done something. Then it was good, man. Like, there, the one thing I can say about me as an opportunity I did wrestling, I started in the ring as well. So there was a ring. We set it up, do, do some drills at the beginning, like rolls and all that stuff. Then he taught me the basics. Then... It was just, oh, the journey's been so magnificent. I love it. I don't regret it at all. I just love it. So you started in August of 2018. You said six months later you had your first match. Do you have any kind of fond memories about that? And can you tell us uh, who it is with and, and how, how you felt? Yes, I remember very well. I was with me. I wanted um, I'm very competitive. So I said to myself, I told everyone, like, before I started August of 18, I said before August then. August 2019, I have my debut. So my debut was against one talented guy. I have to repeat one talented guy called Tate Mayfair. I, I remember when they got advertised, a lot of people started messaging me from like my old days of boxing, high school friends. Oh, Mike, because I kept 
to quiet, I did. I just kept it quiet. I said, let me just train and just focus. Then it got advertised. And everyone, got, my phone was just pinging. They're like, Mike, congratulations, you're doing this. I want to come. So I did bring like a, a, I did bring a lot of people. And I remember when I entered the entrance, I wasn't nervous. I was thinking a childhood dream is coming true. It was crazy, man. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird feeling when, when you eventually get there. I think FSW fans will be familiar with State Mayfair. We've, We've used him on, on on a few of our shows, and he is a he is a very talented guy. I like him. I like his style. I like his gimmick. Obviously, I would assume when you wrestled him, you wrestled as a good guy, babyface. Yeah. Yes, the babyface, and I was I that I remember the the ovation I came up with. Like, <laughs> this is the funny thing. Everyone tells me to this day, like, I done a I done a fall away. I threw and when I won, when I won, <laughs> my dad goes, I heard everyone told me his name. My dad said, like father, like son. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, everyone just popped, they did. <laughs> that was just priceless, that was. I loved that. They got the pop of the night. Yeah. I I, I can I, I can remember that day so well. Like, like my friend, my my friends were wrestling fans from like that like the attitude of the Monday Wars so they haven't been following it now so when they saw it this is the first time they actually came to a wrestling show when they saw it they just appreciate the art of this like how people perform in the ring and like how people get into character and stuff like that they just loved it and to this day they still bring it up so just going back to your training for a second obviously you you had the benefit of training um at the frank bruno academy you had done some freestyle wrestling as well um and i know that the training for that's pretty brutal how did you find the actual training for for wrestling did you find it hard physically or was it was it a bit of a breeze breeze for you i'm not gonna lie to you it was not i won't say a little bit of a breeze it was I would I say I was like a head start I was because I'd done so much like freestyle and things so all of that condition wasn't really bothering. I just remember hitting the ropes and taking a bump. I was like, oh my days. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is different. Then I came home. I was like, I couldn't walk. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was stiff. I was like, the way I had to look at my uh, if someone had to talk to me, they either it saved my left side. I had to turn my whole body. I was like, oh, my days. But I said to myself, I'm still coming back. I love it. So the training wasn't really different. I was just prepared. I was prepared. Surely, just, I mean, what, what, what did you think after your first bump? If it's first bump on mats, I remember my neck just um, sort of cricking and my head hitting the mat and then thinking yeah don't want to do that again but then after that obviously bumping on the mat and then transitioning to the ring it was actually a lot easier to do it in the ring and you get that kind of satisfaction of sort of a wider area you get the sort of the the spring of the ring and the noise as well kind of gives you that sort of pump and adrenaline so yeah the first one on the mat hurt a lot especially in the neck department but uh, in the ring it was it was a bit more a bit more of a thrill there you go cue that chin tucked yeah <laughs> yeah yeah now, Mike, um, you're obviously uh, sort of a very confident and very charismatic guy. Do you think that's just you in general, or is that the the smashing Mike coming through? And can you tell us a little bit about smashing Mike? Who who is he? What is he? You know, where is he? One of a kind. I, <laughs> he's one of a kind. Like for it, for Michael Morrison is just a very low key guy, but when it, like the smash one, just he just had this confidence. Like he just, you know what? 
I know I can do this, but I'm gonna keep it cool and just show it off. I am. When that, when that, when I hit that light, when that light, when the lights come on, and I just enter that ring, I'm making sure. You know what? After it, you will love me, not like me, adore me. Now, obviously, confidence is something that you can't teach, and it's something that happens naturally. Um, do you have any tips on people listening that maybe struggle with confidence? What What do you do to tap into that extra, the, the smashing part of smashing Mike? Uh, like for me, like everyone's different. Like when I when I warm up, like the beginning of a wrestling uh, a match, I like to shadow box just to get me relaxed and listen to some music. I do. So it just gets me in the fluid and stretching. I need to stretch. <laughs> but yeah, it just gets me so fluid and relaxed. And I'm not going to lie, I'm a big hip hop fan. Massive. So like from like, I still listen to the, like the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. So that gets me in that the adrenaline buzz it does. When it comes to confidence, focus on yourself. Be yourself. And at the end of the day, when people are there to watch, they're just going to support you they are they're not going to dictate to you they're just going to like be there you know what there's a new guy let's see what he's like so do you think that's a a confidence in yourself that you've garnered over the years that other people maybe haven't sort of found their niche like you are the exuberant confident guy people need to tap into their own their own thing their own part of being smashing yes there must be everyone's got something that like that little thing that really uh, that uh connects with them Music is a big part of me. It is. So, like, music really helps me get into my zone. Even when I'm traveling to a show, I listen to music. So it just gets me focused. So whatever you have that you enjoy, even if it's like reading, meditating, praying, tap into that, it will help you. And you won't regret it. Do you find it hard to stay in that character? the whole time that you're out there because again you're very character driven and that's something that I know people find hard to do they'll they'll be resting and all of a sudden something will go wrong and their character will go out the window and then you disengage with the fans do you find it hard sometimes to keep into that character or, or is it something that just seems second nature second nature the only thing I would say that but it's, it's a for me I'm very hard on myself what bugs me the most is when I'm a heel I am and I'm just that arrogant guy. Like, I make sure I'm better looking you. Like, your girl finds me more attractive than you. And I play and I try as hard as I can. And some people put their thumbs up at me and smile and cheer me. And I'm like, oh, I get so annoyed. So I, I try to attack them more and more and more. <laughs> and they still cheer me. I'm like, oh, my days. I say, you know what? I'll try another way. And, and even if I win or lose, they're like, yeah, great match. I'm like, don't touch me or something like that, man. You don't deserve to look at this body. And they still give me thumbs up. I'm like, oh, good. So that's the bit that triggers me the most. But standing character, that's just me. It's a bit like being a baby face or, or being a heel. A good tip. If it's not working on them, just go on to someone else that you think it will work on because you can always spot a casual, you know. You know, go, go after them. Because they're, they're always easier to, to wind up than your hardcore sort of uh, smart mark type fans because, you know, they, they know that the smart mark fans think they know the game and, and they'll, they will deliberately give you the response that, that you don't want. The NLP, they, they, they were a big heel tag team and everyone hated them apart from three people who used to come and follow us about and they would cheer them. It didn't ruin or screw up the show or anything, but those three people were there to, to cheer them and they had every right to do it. 
But in the end, you know, they, they, they asked me that advice. What should I do with those three people? You know, should we be encouraging and cheering? I'm like, no, absolutely not. Do what you do. You don't want people to cheer for you. You know, fuck you. You're, 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 you're scum. You're the scum of the bottom of my shoe. You gym if you want, but I don't mean I like you. Look at the state here and look at the state of your bird as well. You know what I mean? You, so you can still wind them up. You can still get there somehow. But it's like you, your cockiness, your arrogant character doesn't need the affirmation from the crowd you don't need that or you know you know you're the bee's knees you know that you know that all the birds fancy you you know that you're in better shape than everyone else that will wind people up much much more than you think so that's why i like that's why i've worked you know we've worked together quite a lot i like working with you because it's easy it's just easy easy to get you know to get people like me or like whoever i put you against i know that you're going to get that that heat because we've got casual fans they don't like arrogance and it works. Thanks for the advice for that. I'm going to use that when we go back to normal. Um, now, Mike, you obviously mentioned there your first match. You came out as the big, white hot baby face. And then, you know, coming into Falling Star Wrestling, everybody hates you and stuff like that. Do you have a preferred sort of um, character? Do you prefer working heel or baby face? Uh, it's like, is both like with face i get to do more stuff in the ring but as a heel i get to be myself a little bit like verbally so it's fun as a heel i'm not gonna lie, it's more fun <laughs> especially the entrance part oh that oh yes if i had to pick and uh what do you, what do you think the difference is between your kind of heel and face character because i can imagine you keep it quite real to yourself you know you are smashing mike regardless but maybe one is sort of more smiley and the other one's a bit more snarly do you have a, a kind of difference and how do you play that yes as a face i love the spotlight so i that that adrenaline bus just comes to me and i want to own that spotlight I want to make sure that everyone's there to see, like, you know what? I paid the, uh, I, I paid for that show. They're going to go, and at the end of the day, they're going to be like, yes, that smashed your mic, break fire to it. But when it comes to the heel smash your mic, he's that arrogant guy. He looks down on you, and he goes, you know what? I'm the man. You paid to see me, all right? I didn't pay to see you. And the day, you're gonna, you ain't going to regret it, neither. Even your girl over there will be um, dreaming about this as well at the same time. He's got that, like, the, the heel side is more ruthless. The baby face smashing Mike is happy to be there. He's happy to be there, happy to see everyone, happy that he's doing something that he loves, happy that he's going to get the chance to show the crowd that he can kick some ass, loving every second of it. Whereas the bad guy smashing Mike is taking it for granted. Do you know what I mean? I fucking deserve to be here. I deserve, you know, I deserve to take all your women. I deserve to, who's going to kick my ass? Look at me, I'm the best. So there's a different ways of, of, of looking at it. And that's, I think, I think that's the way a lot of baby face and heel characters can work. You know, if, if you want to be a good guy, you've got to look like you're happy to be there and you've got to look like you're happy to see everyone. And this moment is just means just as much to you or more to you than it, it does to everyone else. Um, and as, as a heel, you know, Sodom all. Who cares? Do you know what I mean? I, you know, I don't care whether you're here or not. This is about me and me alone. Damn straight. And, um, the Smashing Mike character is good for that. It's a real character for that. Now, Mike, have you worked under any other gimmicks before? Or have you always been the Smashing One? I've always been the Smashing One. I've been the Smashing One really before, before I started wrestling. <laughs> That's just <laughs> me. Uh, like, I remember the first time I actually got the name, really, it, it was actually boxing. I said to my coach, 
yo, coach, Gabriel, what's it? What, what nickname you got for me? So he says, Smashing Morris. I was like, hmm, because my name, my name is Morrison. I was like, oh, okay. Then I just changed it to Mike. Then when I just, I just rolled with it. I did. <laughs> Wherever I went, everyone was like, yo, the smashing one, what are you saying? I'm like, yo, I'm good, my corner. This is me you're talking to, isn't it? Then I said, you know what? I'm going to use it for my wrestling. And when I, when I told people I'm going to name myself smashing, they're like, wow, I like that name. I remember Gable Kid, who I love to death. He was, he was obsessed with the name when he heard it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool name. It is a cool name. And it is, it's one of those ones that you're going to remember, easy to remember. Looks good on a t-shirt. What did your um, what did your your boxing friends and your boxing coach think of you turn into uh, pro wrestling? Did they sort of embrace it, or did they think you were just going on to that that fake shit? You know, no, because they like I was always been a wrestling fan. I always told people I've been a bigger wrestling fan than the other sport. I've got a soft side for boxing, big soft side. But I always said to people I've always been a bigger wrestling fan. So when I did it, they they embraced it. There's people that actually came. When I started to get more bookings, there's people that are willing to travel to watch me. From even like when I used to go to this bodybuilding gym, one of the personal trainers, he he took his time to come and watch me. One of my other friends, he's a he's a good guy. He he does boxing coaching. He came. Like they embrace it. They loved it. That's awesome, man. It shows it shows that you're a good dude outside of wrestling. If if you've got all this support and stuff and. Uh... From, from people in different parts of your life who, who, who want to come and see you. It sounds like you've got a good father as well, um, who uh, sounds like you're a lucky guy. I love it. And also, I have to shout out to my sister, like, maybe, like, the biggest fan. She's been to, like, all of them. Like, she's always been supportive. She'll even come to the gym with me, train. She was actually at my first wrestling training session. She came to watch. Then we got something to eat. So, like, I'm very supportive of my family, my, my boys, my friends. Everyone, really. I'm just really thankful. Very thankful for all of them, including you two, of course. <laughs> I'm just very, very thankful. Oh, mate, well, that's very kind. I think it just goes to show, like you said, you got a lot of support from people. And I think that's probably mainly due to your personality. Like, I would find it really difficult, like, to hate you. You're such a kind of approachable guy. You're very likable. You're very friendly to everyone, you know. And I think if you went around the whole sort of falling star locker room, nobody would have a single bad thing to say about you, I don't think. Thank you, my man. I appreciate that. And that, and that honestly it contributes to the fact that, you know, you, you, you are a good wrestler, you're a good worker. The thing I like about Falling Star Wrestling and my locker room is I like the atmosphere and I like the camaraderie and that's, a, you give out positive vibes and, and you're a good-natured guy, easy to talk to, easy to get along with, you know, easy to work with the wrestlers and easy to work with, with, with the promoter. So, you know, you, you, you get bookings off the strength for that off the strength for that alone. So, you know, if you keep up with that enthusiasm for the entire time you're doing it, you know, the the the, the sky's the limit really. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. I'll tell you what, the smashing one has got mad swag but he's also humble and funny and engaging and just a super friendly guy thank you so much to smashing mike for joining us on the podcast as i said in the intro this is the first installment of a two-part series featuring the smashing one so if you're enjoying the podcast make sure you subscribe if you'd like to find out more about smashing mike you can find him on instagram it's at smashing mike you can find him on twitter at smashing mike underscore s1 you can find me at pvc pro wrestler on facebook 
Facebook and Instagram. And speaking of Facebook, you can find Falling Star Wrestling on there, at Falling Star Wrestling, alongside at Jimmy Star Wrestler. That's all the plugs out of the way. You know what to do. Give us a subscribe, give us a five-star review, and join us next week for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. It's going to be cracking. Damn it, smashing. Smashing.